already been good, and uh, to be in in church, I'm I'm gonna just do my best to stay out of his way. Amen. Genesis chapter number six. If you found your place there, would you say amen? We're going to get right into it because I've got about 30 pages of notes. Everybody all right? I'm just kidding. Genesis chapter 6. The Bible says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men which were old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on this earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Well, I love verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought out of Genesis chapter number 6. Finding grace in a fallen world. Finding grace in a fallen world. We see that the text begins there in Genesis chapter number 6. It begins to describe some very interesting things, doesn't it? Uh, Some very interesting things begin to take place in the world according to the days of Noah. It was a fallen world that we read about. I want you to notice there in verse number 2 where it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Now, there's a lot of different beliefs, a lot of different maybe interpretations as to who the sons of God are in this passage of Scripture. But it is my personal belief by way of study, and if you study the Scriptures out a little bit, is that these sons of God that the Bible speaks about are fallen angels that that we find the same ones are found in Job chapter number 1 and verse number 6. Again, in Job chapter 2 and verse number 1, when uh, the sons of God came to present themselves uh, to the Lord on behalf of Job. And, and, and you say, well, Brother Zach, I just don't believe that, that, that those sons of God that Scripture is referring to are those fallen angels. I believe they're just saved people. And I began to think about that. And uh, many times in Scripture, when God's people were intermingled with the world, if you will, uh, 
there were many times like that throughout the Bible, but God didn't pour out His wrath like He did uh, in this passage of Scripture. And, and so what that tells me is this might have been something far more sinister, far more uh, devilish, if you will. And I believe, it's my personal belief, that this was none other than a plan from Satan himself to defeat God by creating this army of half-angel, half-human beings to defeat God. And, and, and so that, that was Satan's plan, that was Satan's desire. And if you read the Bible any length of time, you'll begin to understand and begin to see that this has been Satan's desire ever since he was cast out of heaven uh, with those other fallen angels. You remember in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12 where it describes Satan being cast out of heaven. What was taking place? Satan was trying to ascend above God. He was trying to place himself above God. I will go higher than God. I will do this. And uh, what was the result of that desire from Satan? He was cast out of heaven. Amen? Satan also, you remember, he tried to use Herod to stop the very birth of Jesus by ordering that decree uh, to kill the firstborn of every family. What was the result? Jesus was born of a virgin. He came into this world. Amen. Satan used God's very own people to crucify Jesus. And, and I believe Satan in that moment, he, he thought that he had defeated he thought that he had won. Uh, he thought that he had Jesus right where he wanted him, didn't he? Uh, but we understand and we know and I thank God this morning that as Jesus bore that cross, as he went into the grave, he rose victorious on that third and glorious morning. And Jesus defeated death, he defeated hell, and he defeated the grave as he rose from the dead. What I'm trying to say this morning by way of introduction as we're talking about this fallen world here in chapter number 6 is I'm just thankful that every time Satan has tried to defeat God, God has put him in his place. Amen? Uh, understand that the devil, he is still walking about seeking whom he may devour. Satan continues to be indeed the prince and the power of the air. But I'm glad to report this morning that Satan, he might be seeking. He might be walking. He might be tempting. He might be influencing. But my God is ruling. My God is reigning. My God is sovereign. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. And every time Satan has tried to defeat God, God's put him in his place. Amen. This is a fallen world that, that Noah was living in. The devil was running rampant. The devil was devising a plan. But not only were those sons of God mentioned, but I want you to notice the, the wickedness of man specifically there in verse number 5. Look at what it says. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Boy, as you, as you read this passage of Scripture and, 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 and the Lord begins to uh, discuss and talk about the, the condition of the world in Noah's day, 
boy, I, I, my, I get chill bumps to, to, to look out at our world, to look out at, at, at the news and to look at the, the condition of our world. And boy, I believe that the wickedness and the condition in Noah's day, doesn't it greatly describe our day even in 2023? Everyone in Noah's day, they were doing that which was right in their own eyes. Utter anarchy and chaos was of that day. So much wickedness and so much evil that God had even repented. He regretted that He had even made man. Just as God decided to pour out His wrath in Noah's day, I want you to know and I want you to understand, child of God, here this morning that He's going to pour out His wrath in this day soon and very soon. Uh, There is coming a day of judgment. There is coming a day of reckoning. And if you're here this morning and you're not saved, it's high time that you get that settled this morning before you have to go through that wrath, before you have to go through that great day of the Lord as the Bible describes But just as God made a way in Noah's day to save, I'm thankful this morning that He's too made a way to save in our day. And His name is Jesus Christ. His name is the Son of God. And He loves you. And He cares for you. And if you're here and you've never asked Him to come into your heart and save you, uh, there is a way to be saved. There is a way to make Him king of your life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The ark was the way that God made a way of salvation in Noah's day. Jesus is the way in our day. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm thankful to know that Jesus saves this morning. Despite the fallen world, despite the devil in our text, despite the wickedness of man that was great in the earth, thankful for a man named Noah who was able to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. Even in a fallen, sin-sick, wicked evil, divisive world, there was somebody named Noah who was able to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I want to give you this about finding grace in a fallen world very quick this morning and then we'll be through. I I want you to notice, obviously it is the theme of the passage in verse number 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. How, how was Noah able to, in this wicked day, in this vile day, how was he, with all the sin and temptation surrounding him, how was he able to still find something good? How was he still able to find grace in the eyes of the Lord? I believe, number one, there's a conjunction to finding grace. There's a conjunction to finding grace. Verses 1 through 7, bad, bad, bad. Evil, evil, evil. God's not pleased. God's not satisfied. God is repenting that He even made the world. But Noah found grace. Notice that conjunction there. 
uh, if Noah was going to find grace in that fallen world, God was going to have to intervene. God was going to have to butt in, if you will. Amen. I'm, I'm glad that God butted in in Noah's life when he did there in verse number 8. Boy, I began to think last night about all the times that I can look back in my life and think about when God butted in in my life. When God intervened in, in, a, in a marvelous, in a miraculous way, in a supernatural way, I was lost, but God found me. I was blind, but now I see. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Joseph said in Genesis 50, As for you, concerning his brothers, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Psalm 73, verse 26, David writes, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. Sometimes, church, I get overwhelmed, but God. Uh, Sometimes I feel insignificant in this world, but God. I don't know about tomorrow, but God. If we're going to find grace in this fallen world, we ought to remember when God intervened in our life. Remember when God butted in in our life. There's a conjunction here to finding grace. Noah was able to find some things, but it wasn't going to come if God didn't intervene in a miraculous way. Not only a conjunction to finding grace, but this is where we'll spend the majority of the time. I want you to notice some some things specifically about Noah's character to finding grace. Do you want to find grace in this fallen world, church? Uh, Man, the wickedness, the evil around us, the temptation that that you and I face, uh, the, the temptation that these young people have to go through each and every day they walk this earth. I'm glad to know this morning there's some things that we can find about the Lord. Uh, There's some things even in Noah's day that we could uh, adhere to and think about and uh, where we can find grace even in this fallen world. I want you to notice some things about Noah's character to finding grace. Number one, Noah was a just man, the Bible says uh, there in verse number nine. uh, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. What's, what's that word just means? It, it means simply this. Noah had done some things. He had made some decisions in his life where he was in good standing with the Lord. He was just before the eyes of the Lord. In other words, there was nothing between him and the Lord. He was just. He was justified. He was in good standing with God. And if you and I are going to find grace in this world, if you and I are going to be able to find something good about the Lord even in this fallen world, there there, there needs to be nothing between us and the Savior. Uh, There there doesn't need to be sin kept from the Lord. Now we understand that God's omniscient. He knows all. But when's the last time you fell on your face before God and confessed some things to Him? 
Look, if you're going to have help with some things in your life, if you're going to be comforted, uh, if you're going to be uh, have peace in this world that passes all understanding, if you're going to find grace in this fallen world, there has to be nothing between us and the Savior. He was a just man. Not only was he just, I want you to notice this. Boy, I love this. Boy, I got happy in my study last night looking at this. The Bible says he was a just man and perfect in his generations. Began to study that out and that word generations there. Began to do a little word study and a commentator mentioned this, that that word generations means this, to go in a circle like the earth revolving around the sun. To go in a circle like the earth revolving around the sun. You know what had taken place in Noah's life? Even, even with all the sin and all the anger and the hatred surrounding him, you know what Noah had found? Noah had found a new center of gravity for his life. And that was in the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, he had found a new, uh, a new center of gravity for his life. What was happening? Noah's life was not revolving around Noah. Noah's life was not revolving around money. Noah's life was not revolving around his family even. But Noah's life was centered on and revolved around the Lord Jesus Christ. It was centrally attracted to God. Generations. And you and I, church, if, if, if we're going to find grace in this fallen world, our lives, and, and boy, I'm, I, I, hate, I hate to put it this way, but our lives are going to have to stop revolving around ourselves. Our lives are going to have to stop revolving and being centered on our jobs and our friends and our money and even our family. You say, Brother that isn't family supposed to be? Oh, yeah, family needs to be up there, but God better come first. God better have preeminence in your life. You better not put your family above God. If you put your family above God, you've, you've, you've uh, uh, disagreed with that first commandment, having no other gods before me. Uh, and so if we're going to find grace, if we're going to find some help in this day, uh, we've, we've got to start putting God in the very center and revolving around Him. Putting our desires aside. Putting our flesh aside. And begin centering our life around the Lord this morning. He was a just man. He was perfect in his generations. I love this one too, where it says that Noah walked with God. Understand, there was only one other man in all of Scripture that this phrase was given to, and his name was Enoch. Where the Bible says Enoch walked with God, and then he was not, right? Lord took him. That, that phrase, walked with God, it means this, to habitually walk with the Lord is the suggestion here in this text. Noah had become addicted to the very presence of the Lord. It had become a habit in his life to be in the presence of God. It was a habit that he couldn't get rid of. He was addicted to the presence of God. Oh, Noah, he could have chosen to hang around those people in the world, but you know what? He was too busy spending time with God. Well, as I sat down last night, opened my Bible and began to study some things out, 
kids all around me, you know. Everybody all right? TV was on, you know, I could have turned it off. The TV was on. Boy, I, I got hung up in this passage of Scripture here last night. And, and, and you, couldn't have, you, you couldn't have taken me away from the Scripture last night. What was happening? I, I got in the presence of God. And, and, and when, when that took place, I wanted more. I, I, and for those of you that have been in the presence of the Lord, boy, you get a little taste of what the Holy Ghost is like. <laughs> it's something that will get you addicted. Better, better than any drug this world has to offer. Uh, better than any drink that this world has to give you. Uh, better than anything in this world. Better than any pleasure that you can think of. Boy, you get into the presence of the Holy Ghost one time, you'll want it more and more. Uh, you'll find yourself uh, forming a habit to get in His presence. You'll find yourself centrally attracted to getting in His presence. Noah, he could have chosen to hang around those around him that were negative. He could have chose to, uh, to, to get involved with the wrong crowd, but he, but he chose and he was too busy, I believe, spending time with, the, with God. He walked with God. I began to think about this in Noah's day with everything surrounding him. And he, he was walking with God, spending time with the Lord. You know, it, it was probably pretty hard to see wickedness when he was looking unto Jesus. It was probably pretty hard to, to hear all the negativity. What are, you, what are you talking about a flood coming, Noah? Probably pretty hard to hear the negativity of the world when he was listening out for that still small voice. Somebody say amen this morning. Don't get quiet on me. Amen. It, it was probably hard for, for Noah to feel all that anxiety and, and get depressed when he got in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Church, it's hard for... The devil to get on your back when God's been on you all day. It's hard to walk down the path of sin when you're walking with the one who'll lead you in the way everlasting. Uh, despite the fallen world in Noah's day, despite his flesh, despite the devil, I'm thankful to know this morning that Noah was able to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. God intervened in Noah's life in a, in a, in a wonderful way. Boy, I, I, I'm thankful this morning God intervened in my life. God, God put Himself, placed Himself in my life. A couple of weeks ago, I, I, had a, I had a cousin of mine, and I, some of you know about this by way of prayer request, but I had a cousin of mine in his, in his 20s, and... Uh, he 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 died tragically suddenly from a drug overdose. Uh, this cousin of mine, we we grew up together. We we spent a lot of time growing up together. We were we were close growing up, but as we began to get older and and grow up, you know, we kind of uh, spread apart. We went into different areas and things like that. And and uh, sadly, he he began to get get involved with the wrong crowd and. And start hanging around the wrong type of people, and before he knew it, he found himself in prison, and all his other brothers are even in prison even to this day. In his in his late twenties, and become addicted to drugs and addicted to to the things of this world, and 
We're talking about a young man who went to Christian school right alongside me. A young man who had the same family members as I did. A young man who knew about the same Bible that I read about. But God intervened in my life. God, God, God intervened in my life and I'm thankful that God did what He did in my life, but I began to think about my cousin. I began to think about what has just taken place. And you know what? The devil had great plans for me, like he did Colby. The devil had great plans that I was going to do some things for the devil. I was going to live for him. And boy, I I just began to be overwhelmed by the grace of God last night. I began to think, you know, that could have been me. I could be dead. I could have got addicted to the drugs. I could have been in jail. I could have been hanging around the wrong people. And I was for a time. But God intervened in my life. God God intervened in my life. And where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And I want you to know this morning, church, that the devil also has great plans for you. The devil has great plans for your home. The devil has great plans for your children. But God is rich in mercy. And He's a God of grace and He wants to intervene in your life in a a miraculous way. I'm talking about finding grace despite the devil's efforts. Finding grace despite this sin-sick-filled world. Finding grace in the eyes of the Lord in this fallen world. Let me ask you this this morning. When's the last time you were able to find grace in His eyes? Let me ask you this. How's your standing before the Lord this morning? Are you just? Are you perfect in, in your generations? Does your life revolve around God? Is it centrally attracted to the Lord this morning? When's the last time you were in the very presence of God? Boy, if you can't remember that, if you can't think about that, I believe it's time to figure out some things. I believe it's time to start acting just. I believe it's time to start walking with God. I believe it's time to start serving the Lord. I believe it's time to start reading your Bible. I believe it's time to start praying to the only one who can grant you forgiveness. To the only one who will comfort you in your time of need. To the only one who will encourage you when you're down and depressed. Uh, It's time to begin to walk with God like Noah did. You know, we read passages of Scripture like this about Noah and we, we talk about Enoch and we talk about Moses and And we talk about the great patriarchs like Abraham and Elijah and calling down fire from heaven and doing all these wonderful, miraculous acts from God. And boy, we look at them almost as if they're gods. Almost like like we can't do that. And you know what I've come to know and I've come to realize is this, that Noah came from the same dirt you and I came from. Elijah was created just like you and I were created. Moses was just a human, just like you and me this morning. 
And the same God that Moses was serving back in that day and the same God that that Noah served in that day is the same God we still have in our hearts this morning, church. And, 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 And greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. How to find grace in a fallen world. I believe God has to intervene. And I believe we need some character. Be just. Be perfect. Walk with God. And I believe we'll find grace like Noah did in this fallen world. Would you bow your heads in prayer as we all stand this morning? As Miss Michelle comes to the piano for time of invitation, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do love you. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, I I, want to thank you this morning that you intervened in my life. Lord, you, 